Chapter 7 of Vinzi, A Story of the Swiss Alps by Johanna Spiri. Translated by Elizabeth P. Stork. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anita Sloma Martinez. Chapter 7 Still More Music. A great song rehearsal now took place every day on the pasture. Vinzi had formed a chorus of all the boys having good voices. Some, of course, could not sing, while others did not care to do it. Also, some of the cowherds had to remain with the cattle. The rehearsals took up a lot of time because Vinzi demanded the little bit he taught them every day should be perfectly sung. He could not bear false notes, and whenever he heard one, he cried out as if a wasp had stung him. He then made them repeat the whole passage again. Vinzi had long known that Jos and Varelli had the best and truest voices, and so he chose Jos as leader for the high voices and Varelli for the alto voices. Besides doing splendid work in singing, the two boys proved most helpful in keeping the other singers in order. When any of the boys knew anything by heart, they wished to sing right out as soon as Vinzi began to play. But Jos and Varelli realized that this would not do, so they had to restrain the eager singers till their time came. The following Sunday had been chosen by Vinzi for the performance. He would have gladly waited if it had been necessary, but his chorus was perfectly trained. It was the most suitable day in the week, as most of the boys had their freedom that afternoon. Jos and Vinzi wandered up the mountainside with their little troop of singers. On their journey up, other boys from neighboring cottages joined them. Many even wanted to go along as listeners. In that way, a considerable number had gathered together before they all approached the tower. The grandfather was sitting as usual in the sunshine on his bench, and a cool mountain breeze was fanning his deeply tinted cheeks. He looked questioningly at the approaching boys. Vinzi, Jos, and Varelli, the leaders, came to within a few feet of the old man, and the others grouped themselves about in a semicircle. Now Vinzi began to play. At first he seemed to begin a gay tune, but soon the instrument took up a sad and serious air. Finally, the tone seemed to weep and sob as if someone were pleading for mercy. At this point, the chorus took up the following words, quietly, giving a ray of hope. But the blessed song of mercy. The lamenting tones of the pipe vibrated anew till the chorus sang a second time, this time louder and in fuller tones. But the blessed song of mercy. Once more the pipe took up its pleading melody, but the chorus now took up the refrain with full strength, and the words this time sounded like the veriest jubilation. But the blessed song of mercy resounds through all eternity. The pipe joined in here with notes of triumph, and together with the voices all ended in a happy song of joy. Everything was quiet as the grandfather sat motionless with his hands folded on his knees. One of the boys started to run away, then more followed, and soon all of them were hurrying towards the green meadow where the cows from the valley were grazing. 
here they found their comrades who were in charge of the cattle borelli alone had remained beside jos and vinzi but he also disappeared because such quiet was not long to his taste when the grandfather raised his glance he seemed to return from some far-away place you sang me a beautiful song he said kindly where did you find it i suppose you taught it to the others vinzi i got the idea from you replied vinzi hm hm said the grandfather you seem to comprehend pretty well what one says to you but where did you find the music it came to me because i wanted to sing you the song you could not remember said vinzi it is very good of you to give an old man such pleasure but wait i nearly forgot something said the grandfather searching about in his pockets i have thought of you too for i told pater sylvanus about your wanting a certain kind of song you can see how good he is for look he brought it to me the only condition he made is that you are to sing him the song when you have found the tune for it oh here it is at last the grandfather now pulled out a long sheet of paper which he gave to vinzi a song was written on it in firm large letters i have to say something else boys continued the grandfather jos you know where the cellar is bring me the cheese which has been cut and one of the largest loaves of bread vinzi must go with you because it is too heavy for you alone take it down to the boys who have sung for me to-day you can have a little feast together for you have made one for me too take a cup out of the kitchen so you can take turns drinking Zaver can milk for you the cows that give the best milk the grandfather always called Varelli by his real name for the boy's father and grandfather had been called the same before him the two now ran away to do his bidding and found themselves puffing hard under their load while climbing the cellar stairs but they did so with radiant faces for they happily looked forward to arriving at the pasture come again boys said the grandfather gratefully shaking their hands make some other sunday happy for me some time with your beautiful singing all the singers had remained on the huge pasture with the tower boys and yells of delight greeted the laden couple they settled down immediately to begin the feast their appetites proved astonishing for many of the boys from the small cottages thereabout usually got only potatoes for their daily fare vinzi had settled a little behind the close circle he wished to be alone in order to read the words of his song the melody was still haunting him and he wondered if the words and music would harmonize pulling out the paper he found that he could read the fine clear writing without trouble he read it over and over again suddenly a terrific longing drew him up to the field of roses a longing which he found impossible to resist getting up he quietly slipped away from the busy feast-makers without stopping he ran up the slope into the midst of the marvellous rose-field and settled down on his chosen spot surrounded on every side by thick clumps of bloom here he could hear his song again and sing it to himself he pulled out his sheet and read behold there in the evening light the clouds like roses glowing nor thorns have these their grace to spite no briars mar the roses bright that in the clouds are glowing 
and in this light how full of glee outfoams the sparkling brooklet white as the snow its garment free how pure it is how fair to see the gaily foaming brooklet majestic in the sunset's ray the ancient peaks are standing for though poor mortals go astray and like the grass must fade away the mountains still are standing within the golden gleaming sky full many a grief is melted ye valley dwellers come on high come all for here where heaven is nigh full many a grief is melted that evening vincey came tearing down the mountainside so late that the whole family had been gathered together before the house looking for him on every side yos had returned several hours ago and had related to them the grandfather's delight at the music also how he had treated them to a feast and how vincey had suddenly disappeared no one knew whither they had all vainly guessed where he might be one member of the family after another had gone outside to see if he was coming home till finally all of them were on the lookout he came running along at last vincey vincey the uncle called to him we almost thought you had run away oh i'll never do that vincey assured him panting hard i was sitting among the alpine roses and entirely forgot the time i'd do just the opposite declared faz if i had to sit up there away from everybody and with not even a cow to talk to i'd have to think all the time i wonder how late it is perhaps you made some pipes rusley wanted to find out no rusley i'll make some more to-morrow vinzy replied with understanding the father urged them to go into the house for he longed for a little sunday music and first of all for supper because the mother had refused to give them any till vinzy should come back they were all very hungry during the next few days vinzy spent many a happy hour in his beloved rosefield which he could do with a clear conscience yos knew what was going on and he saw to it that vinzy got the fine morning hours to himself he therefore sent him up as soon as they reached the pasture for he was dreadfully eager to learn a new song after a few days vinzy called his chorus together and by this time they made such rapid progress that he had to wonder at them all they had to do was to follow the melody the pipe was playing which was most pleasing besides being easy to remember the chorus sang with great enthusiasm for the words were easily understood and stayed in their memory without difficulty they always hated to stop when the time came vinzy had only to accompany the song a few times with jos and borelli as leaders and all the boys on every pasture could sing it when they got together in the morning one would cry to the other let's sing our song for they fully felt that it was their very own when sunday came all the musicians proceeded up to the grandfather who having already got wind of the affair looked forward eagerly to their visit the number was even larger than the first time and the performers in their eagerness had barely reached his bench when they began their song the volume of their voices increased till the end bravo bravo exclaimed the grandfather delighted once more once more with undiminished enthusiasm the whole performance was repeated when vinzy saw that the singers went on smoothly without him he signalled to jos and borelli lightly as lizards the three slipped quickly away 
this had been planned beforehand for vincey was eager to do what the grandfather had bidden him do but as he was convinced that so much noise would be unseemly for the hospice he had decided not to let the others know where he was going if they had known he probably could not have prevented the boys from running after them as soon as they reached the road the three boys were able to wander along a little more slowly and they soon saw the large building of stone which vincey remembered so clearly what a terrible impression it had made on him how silently it lay there and how frightened he had been when he had thought it might be his uncle's home how different it looked now as it lay peacefully in the sunshine and seemed even to beckon to the boys vincey knew now that here lived the good monks who helped half-frozen travellers in winter as they struggled up the mountain in bad weather when they stood before the door borelli pulled the bell-rope so mightily that they could hear it re-echo inside soon after a very small old man opened the heavy door a trifle that's the porter said borelli what do you want asked the old man we want to see pater sylvanus quickly replied borelli the old man after examining the three suspiciously said finally in a measured tone well boys pater sylvanus can't be brought out for a joke he has usually very different customers from you what do you want from him we had better go if pater sylvanus has no time for us said vinzi timidly but borelli could not be disposed of so easily we have a message for him from grandfather he said unruffled grandfather told us to give it to pater sylvanus himself at this the old man opened the door a little wider and let the three boys enter you can wait here he said curtly leaving them and going down a dim long corridor where they could still hear his dragging footsteps after they could not see him any more after a while a firm and rapid step came towards them here he comes said borelli unabashed when the monk with a long garment stood before them and examined them with penetrating glances you are one of the boys from the tower you carry their stamp about you he said turning to borelli and who are your companions he belongs to lorenz lessa near the chapel and he is his cousin vinzi lessa from luke explained borelli a curious smile flitted over the monk's features at the mention of the last name looking at vinzi once more he said pleasantly come with me then he led them through the long echoing corridor and after opening a door in the rear bade them enter it was a very large room with dark panelled walls against which ancient leather chairs with high backs were ranged in the middle of it stood a huge square table but vinzi could not take his eyes from an object he had noticed in a corner it looked slightly like a high cupboard and somewhat resembled alida's piano but was a trifle higher standing in front of the trio the monk asked the grandfather's wishes vinzi felt that it was for him to speak he expressed himself as willing to sing the song which the kind father had sent him through the grandfather good i'll be glad to hear it said the monk upon noticing that vinzi still hesitated he added what else do you want to ask me boy shall i sing it or may i play asked vinzi play for i must hear your pipe pater sylvanus replied with a friendly smile they lost no time and began vinzi entirely sure of his two singers 
and much encouraged by the monk's great kindness played not the melody but a little accompaniment which he had practised for himself at the end of the song peter sylvanus glanced at vinzi affectionately then laying his hand on the boy's shoulder and looking him in the eyes he said i'd like to know something boy and you must be sure to tell me the truth have you ever heard this melody before or one that was a little like it to some other words no it belongs to this song i only found it when i got your words from the grandfather vinzy replied guilelessly looking up at the questioner with wide honest eyes i'd like to hear the song once more said the monk don't leave out either the verses or the accompaniment the three began again happily for to be asked to repeat it was a sign that it had pleased the monk now said peter sylvanus when they had come to the end you must hear how my harmonium sounds to it i wonder if you'll like it going up to the big high box he opened it and began to play vinzy listened breathlessly what wonderful deeply gripping tones his whole heart was shaken and was it possible it sounded so strangely familiar yes it was his own melody with the accompaniment the pipe was playing but how different how full and rich vinzy stood still in silent rapture when the tones had died away oh that was beautiful much more beautiful than our music he said quite carried away with the beautiful sounds it was your song boy and i did not have to add much said the monk kindly come nearer have you never before heard such an instrument no answered vinzy after stepping quite near to the harmonium but i have heard a piano the monk asked vinzy what music he had heard on the piano and vinzy related the story of the short music lessons which he had enjoyed so much stroking vinzy's curly hair a few times the monk smiled sympathetically then he asked do you think you would get pleasure from learning how to play my instrument vinzy hardly knew if he had heard aright he was so thrilled with glowing eyes he looked silently at the monk well i suppose you mean yes a thousand times yes vinzy finally was able to say good tell your uncle lorenz about it and let me know to-morrow morning what he says if he doesn't object we can play a little every morning giving his hand to the boys peter sylvanus after saying a kind word to each of them in turn opened to the door and let them out and they strolled gaily down the mountainside vinzy was walking in a perfect dream beside his companions who were both talking with animation he kept on hearing peter sylvanus words would you get pleasure from learning how to play my instrument give him pleasure it was a happiness he could hardly comprehend varelli had turned off and gone back to the tower without vinzy's noticing it and before long the other two were home during supper-time jos related to his parents how friendly peter sylvanus had been and what he had proposed to do for vinzy if his father did not object of course not said the latter at once i am glad that vinzy has the chance to learn something fine early next morning vinzy came to peter sylvanus and repeated his uncle's words with a radiant face 
then let us begin at once said the monk leading the boy to the great room with the harmonium these lessons differed considerably from alida's and the teacher seemed to forget the time as much as his pupil one hour and a second hour had gone by when the sudden sound of a bell reminded peter sylvanus how late it really was quickly closing his instrument and giving the boy his hand he said we'll go on to-morrow but be sure to come as early as to-day vincy went away so filled with happiness that he must run right over to the grandfather and tell him all the wonderful and unexpected things that had happened to him no one could have been able to share his joy better than the grandfather who was as pleased as if it had all happened to him vincy told of everything that the pater had already explained and taught him and he did not leave without giving his solemn promise often to bring reports of his progress and at the same time piped the old man a little song a glorious succession of days followed for vincy and the further pater sylvanus took him the more his burning desire grew to get still further pater sylvanus himself seemed to find pleasure in the lessons for he taught his pupil every morning and sometimes the lessons lasted fully three hours when the monk had to leave for other duties he let vincy stay and practice what he had prepared with him the boy sat many an hour in the quiet house no noise ever interrupted him and the time flew by unnoticed when the sun finally slanted across the harmonium through a certain window he knew that evening was near quickly shutting the instrument he noiselessly went down the long corridor and out to the road this gave him time enough to visit the grandfather and find his cousins and their comrades still gathered together he was greeted with fresh enthusiasm every time a chorus of various frightful noises always followed his arrival because every owner of a pipe wanted to show him what he had learned to play vincy could not help wondering at the number of boys who owned pipes since he had left the pasture the boys had possibly found out how to make them themselves his bargain with rusli had been firmly kept every morning going up or in the evening coming home the little one was inseparable from vincy rusli you have enough pipes now said vincy one day while he was wandering home with his little comrade behind the cows he had just delivered his daily pipe and added in all this time you should have learnt not to tickle the cows rusli without always expecting a reward and so i have rusli agreed because i have so much to do nowadays vincy could not help wondering at rusli's quick response in fact all the little boy's mischievous deeds had really come only from idleness what keeps you so busy asked vincy i'll show it to you but no one else must know about it replied rusli mysteriously he led vincy away from the road to the old larch trees where the two used to sit in the old days when vincy had made his first pipes tell me something rusli vincy began again did you put all your pipes in a pile together or did you give them to the boys who had none so many have good pipes now and not the kind they used to make themselves i don't ever give away my beautiful pipes replied rusli quite hurt at a supposition throwing doubt on the sensibleness of his actions come you can see for yourself 
they were standing at the exact place where Vinzi used to sit on a high mossy place beside the fragrant violets. Stooping down, Rusli picked up several pieces of moss-covered earth which lay there cleverly joined together. He put them aside and shoveled away the loose earth underneath with both hands, disclosing a rather large hole. After lifting out a strong folded paper serving as cover, Rusli asked his companion to look in. To his intense surprise, Vinzi saw a collection of most varied objects, piles of nuts and dried prunes, matchboxes, colored marbles, old knives and tobacco boxes, a little pump, a leather purse, and a watch-chain of brass. "'What is this, Rusli? To whom do all these things belong?' asked Vinzi, truly astonished. "'They all belong to me. I traded one of these things for every pipe you gave me.' "'Do you see now?' asked Rusli, proudly glancing at his storehouse. "'But what are you going to do with them all?' Vinzi inquired, still puzzled. "'I'll keep them, and then I'll trade them again for something better.' "'You see, the pipes are only common wood after all,' Rusli said confidentially. Vinzi had to laugh. "'You must become a tradesman, Rusli, for you seem to understand all about it. "'But you won't have anything more to do now since our bargain is off.' "'Oh, yes, I'll have just as much work as ever. "'I first uncover my hole every morning, "'dig away the earth, and count everything "'to see if anything has been stolen in the night. "'Then I have to pack and cover them up "'and put on the moss in such a way "'that no one can find the place. "'In the afternoon I have to sit on the lookout "'so that no one finds my cave and takes my things.' Vinzi could not comprehend these watchful exertions on behalf of such treasure, for he totally lacked the tradesman's spirit. He was glad, however, that this new activity kept the little fellow busy. He was convinced that he would leave the cows in peace now, even without his usual reward. The month of August had passed, and the first fog was drifting over the mountains. Several times messages had been brought up from Luke to say that the time was drawing near for Vinzi to come home. The boy's parents felt that they had taken advantage of their relative's kindness long enough, and they begged their cousin to take the next opportunity of sending the boy home with someone. Word had always been sent back to Luke to the effect that the summer was not over and that no one wanted to let Vinzi go. Furthermore, he was so well and happy that the parents might let him prolong his stay on the mountain. Father Lorenz was just entering the room where his wife was preparing the evening meal with her accustomed calm. He sat down on a chair, for no special work had to be done till the boys returned with the cattle, and after a moment's thought said, "'Have you noticed how much Vinzi has changed lately?' "'In what way?' asked his wife. "'He seems suddenly to have grown a whole year or two older,' said Lorenz, "'ever since he began to spend most of his time with Peter Sylvanus. "'I notice it in the way he plays his pipe and the way he sings and talks. "'It is as if the boy had been transplanted from the shadow into the sunshine. "'Everything in him seems to have blossomed out suddenly.' "'I don't quite understand what you mean,' replied the woman.' but I always said that Vinzi looks as fresh and neat as a young apple tree in bloom. And I say another thing besides. If Vinzi were a beggar boy, I'd adopt him right away, and I'd love him just as much as my own boys. 
I can say that, and I'll stick to it. Well, so you can, said the man with a smile. But do you know, if Vinzy had been a vagabond without the kind of mother they say he has, he would never have been the same. He belongs to a well-brought-up family and comes from parents who look after their children. That's the reason why he is so nice. Heavy steps approached the door at that moment, clearly not the pattering the boys usually made, which was always accompanied with loud yodels and cries. "'Who is outside?' asked Lorenz, opening the door. A well-knit man, whom he knew as a fruit merchant from Luke, stood outside. Lorenz immediately offered him his hand. "'I haven't seen you for a long time, Lessa. How are things with you? I come with a message from your cousin down there, and he sends you his love,' said the man hardly, shaking Lorenz by the hand. The latter was a little startled, because he felt sure that the visit had been made on Vinzi's behalf. The man had often travelled over the mountain before, and had practically never come to see him. He invited him to step inside and make himself at home. But this could not be done, as the merchant had a wagon and two pairs of lively horses waiting for him. He only wanted to deliver his message from Vincennes Lessa, who had only heard yesterday that a team was going across the mountain. He had, therefore, not had time to write a letter. The farmer had been anxious to use this good opportunity of having his boy brought home. All the fruit dealer added was that he expected to return in two days when his business was done and take the boy along. Lorenz took the matter so much to heart that he could say nothing. He saw that Vinzi must leave in two days. "'I'll be here on Tuesday at eight in the morning, Lessa,' concluded the man, casting a questioning look at the silent farmer. "'I suppose you understand me.' "'Oh, yes, only too well,' replied the other. "'The boy will be ready for you in time. You can count on that.' He followed the man to the road, where stood a great wagon loaded with sacks and harnessed to four strong horses. Just as the big team drove off with loud tinkling of bells, the boys came down singing and shouting with the cattle. The wrens walked towards them with a heavy heart. Should he give his merry boys the unwelcome news at once? Then all their happiness would vanish at once. Lorenz had a soft heart and found himself unable to do it. Greeting the boys in a carefree manner, he let everything go its accustomed round. After supper, the singing began as usual, and they sang one song after another, as had grown to be the custom of the house. They sang as merrily as larks in spring, only the father could not quite join in heartily, for a heavy load was on his heart. He realized that he must tell them that evening, as the time was already so short. Just after the mother had said the customary words, I suppose we have to stop now, nine o'clock has struck, he made his announcement in a few clear words. Quite thunderstruck, everyone sat silent with surprise and sorrow. The mother was the first to regain her speech. "'Well, I hope you said that it was out of the question "'and that we cannot give up the boy at such short notice,' "'she said with an animation not usual to her. "'I'd like to know what he means in coming here "'and trying to rob us of the boy without the slightest ceremony, "'the way one might pull off a branch from a hedge. "'I hope you gave him a proper talking to.' "'The man has not come to do us harm,' Lorenz said calmly. You mustn't forget that Vinzi's parents can call him home whenever they please. 
won't you allow them some interest in the boy besides no one can deny that the opportunity is splendid by this time the boys also had regained control of their emotions and lost no time in giving vent to such outcries and objections that the father suggested they all go to bed often good ideas had come overnight during sleep he said and these words proved to have an excellent effect each boy thought that a good idea might come to him which might prevent vinzy's departure the mother was hoping that the father would find some obstacle to the journey for all his best ideas always came overnight but by saying that the best thoughts come overnight the father had meant to say that they would in time realize that they would have to bear the inevitable vinzy had not said a word when he sat on his threshold later on looking up at the stars he was conscious of a deep inner conflict he looked forward to seeing his mother and stefeli again yes and his father too maybe the latter would be kind to him now as he used to be in the old days vinzy remembered so well when he would let the boy ride on his knees and would say to him just ride ahead vinzy as soon as you can ride you shall have a horse vinzy could not quite remember when his father had begun to treat him less kindly he hardly even knew the reason why on the other hand was the full realization that all his marvelous life on the mountain with these kind people had come to an end yes and the music all the music too there was no one who would be able to help him at home no one should the whole thing really be over for good and all his heart contracted painfully at this thought but the next moment he found joy again in the happy anticipation of going home and seeing his loved ones even if the music must stop when he got home he would not entirely lose his good teacher peter sylvanus as consolation remained the hope that he would probably return some day and this thought was his last comfort before he went to sleep in the morning there was no time for talk and arguments for they had to make an early start jos and faz were wandering off with the cows and vinzy was just following with rusli when uncle lorenz drew vinzy to one side and said in a low voice it can't be helped vinzy and i am sure you'll be glad to go home i specially wanted to tell you so you can take leave of pater sylvanus and the grandfather it's your last day for the wagon will come for you to-morrow at eight this settled it for good vinzy went away silently which was far from pleasing rusli you ought to talk to me he said a little crossly after they had gone quite a distance i can't talk well to-day something seems to choke me replied vinzy but don't be unhappy as soon as i get home i'll send you something for your collection you don't need to go home at all rusli said with firm conviction faz has thought out something to stop your going he told jos about it at the pump he is going on the street to-morrow morning to wait for the wagon and as soon as it stops he means to climb up and say that he is the boy from luke then the man will drive off and only when they come to the other side of the mountain will faz jump down and say that he is not the right boy after all then he'll run back do you see now the man can't do anything then for it will be too far for him to turn back vinzy was not convinced that his trip could be prevented that way 
but he felt quite touched that Faz was so anxious to keep him. He really had seen the least of Faz. "'What are you going to send me for my collection?' Rusley inquired. "'I don't want to tell you,' replied Vinzy. "'If it is a surprise, you'll like it so much better.' "'Is it something to eat?' Rusley asked, nevertheless. "'No, and not anything to drink, either,' said Vinzy. "'But I won't tell you anything more about it, or it won't be a surprise.' After taking leave of Rusley at the pasture, Vinzy went up to the convent as usual. He had been told always to go straight to the large room and wait for Pater Sylvanus there. This was usually only a short time, but when the Pater entered today, Vinzy did not stand in his usual mood of happy anticipation at the harmonium, and his eyes did not glisten. On the contrary, he came up to the monk quite crushed, and after a questioning look, sadly informed him that this was to be the last lesson, as he was going home tomorrow. "'Oh, what a shame, what a shame,' said Peter Sylvanus slowly. "'But won't you be able to keep up your music at home?' Vinzy fought as well as he could to keep back the tears at this question. Despite his downcast eyes, his teacher saw that he had not been able to restrain them as he answered, No, I don't think so. Courage, boy, said Pater Sylvanus, kindly patting him on the shoulder. Keep up your spirits. It is always lovely to go home again, and if God finds that music is the right thing for you, it is easy enough for him to send someone into your path who will help you further. Besides, you are sure to come up to us again, and as soon as you do, we'll take it up again. The monk had seized Vinzy's hand in a fatherly way and led him out. In the doorway he gave the boy his blessing, and hardly said, God protect you, after which he took leave of his pupil. The boy had barely been able to mumble his thanks, for the tears were choking him. He felt intensely grateful that the teacher had made the leave-taking so short, because he could not possibly have controlled himself any longer. Vincy went toward the place where the dark roses had bloomed. The bushes were still green, but few roses remained. He gazed about him once more. The sun had just parted the fog, and all about him began to gleam, the snow peaks, the mountain streams, the walls of rock, and above all, the deep blue sky. He was glad to see it once more. He next ran to the tower where the grandfather occupied his accustomed seat in the sunshine. You come early today, that is right, he greeted the approaching figure. But what is wrong, boy? What is the matter? He added as soon as Vinzy stood before him. That certainly will make us all sad, he replied when Vinzy had informed him of the reason for his early visit. Do you know, boy, my hope has been all along that you would come and sing me my song in case I should die. But I might still be here next summer, so let us hope that you'll be here again, too. We'll part with that thought now. The grandfather heartily shook Vinzy's hand, as he was unwilling to detain him longer. His relatives probably expected him home soon, as it was his last day with them. Vinzy hurried straight home, for the grandfather probably was right. 
his aunt josepha who had meanwhile come to the conclusion that vincy's departure could not be prevented rejoiced when she saw him coming she could now talk quietly to him a bit the suddenness of it all had destroyed her accustomed calm and she had longed to see him aunt josepha and vincy again sat together as on the day of his arrival her happy frame of mind was fully restored when vincy assured her that he had no better wish than to come back to the mountain again another year he hoped that he might be one of her household again and sleep in his lovely fragrant chamber when the family sat together in the evening father lorenz said come now singing is the best remedy against sad thoughts he began a song himself the others joining in kept it up right through the evening next day faz's plan did not succeed just as the brothers were ready to depart and were taking leave from vinzy they heard the repeated sounds of a whip this warned father lorenz that the fruit dealer had arrived even earlier than he had said as he could not leave his horses he wanted to notify them of his coming and looking at the road a few steps away from the house he saw that his signal had been understood the whole family including even the inmates of the stable strolled over to the street and the fruit dealer could not help wondering at the strange procession vinzy climbed up to his high seat and after he had taken leave of each separately the horses started off all five gazed after vinzy with genuine grief and rusli alone felt slightly consoled by the thought of the promised surprise when the wagon passed the spot where the tower stood in the meadow the whole edge of the road was peopled with a crowd of noisy boys more and more seemed to gather and finally they thundered a loud hurrah and cried come again which was repeated a second time in such a noisy way that the four horses actually reared black borelli had been the instigator of this and at the last greeting of the tower boys his voice could be distinctly heard above all others at his bench alone sat the grandfather waving his hat high in the air and vinzy replied by swinging his cap in the convent a window opened and a hand kindly waved good-bye to vinzy it was that of pater sylvanus after a short upward stretch by wild mountain beaches and old gnarled fir trees the drive quickly went downwards into the valley End of chapter seven